You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, E.J. Andrews of CheeseFromTheCouch.com. I'm going to try and fight for this to give you another episode tonight, seeing as I um, not not been here this week. And for that, I apologize. I'm trying. I'm trying, y'all. Just the body is not cooperating. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> well, at least I sound about as good as the free agent market's going. So that's apt. Going to talk about it here. Going to talk about some comments that Ross Atkins made in regards to what the Blue Jays are trying to do and trying to figure them out. And I, I think we're going to just go right into them. Because I think I can say more on this than Ross Atkins did. And, I mean, that's that's not to be glib about anything. I mean, don't get me wrong. But, let's face it, it, it wasn't a lot and people got excited. Because that's what people do. They see things like, oh, I'm like, calm down. Just, just calm down. So, Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet tweeted out that because the Blue Jays have been busy, obviously signing Robbie Ray to a one-year deal at $8 million, um, Ross Atkins said that they were close on another deal this week. And when asked whether it was a trade or a free agent, Atkins declined to say. Now, a lot of people have read into that. And they've read into it various ways. Like, oh, oh, he was, uh, he was trying to trade. He's in on Francisco Lindor. Oh, he's, he's trying to get another pitcher. Like, like he's trying to trade for someone. Uh... No. No, there is no trading going on. There is very little happening. I mean, you look at the action that has happened so far. Um, Four players have resigned. Robbie Ray, Kendall Graveman in Seattle, Josh Harrison in Washington, and Josh Tomlin in Atlanta. They are re-upping. Jose Peraza and Malik Smith have both signed minor league deals. Um, Jose Peraza, I believe I saw him sign in Cincinnati. Oh, no, sorry. I apologize. He was in Cincinnati before Boston. He actually signed with the Mets, who we'll be talking about the Mets a little bit later. So, yeah, no, we won't be talking about Jose Peraza. I am sorry. While Malik Smith, who, you know, if he could ever, ever put it together with the speed, he's also with the Mets. So, see if he can be a better center fielder than Jared Kalinick. Get the other former Mariners center fielder. Um, 
In addition, they also signed Aradis Vizcaino, who sat out last season to recover, so another former Mariner. So, the Mets have been busy. Steve Cohen's come in, is like, give me all the players. They're like, well, no one's really signing. He's like, I don't care. Give me all of them. So, yeah. They signed 11, 11 players. Most of them, other than the ones I told you about, you wouldn't have heard of. Although Bruce Maxwell is on that list. Bruce Maxwell, the former athletics catcher who knelt for the National Anthem at the same time Colin Kaepernick did. He actually signed a minor league deal with the Mets earlier this year. Did not get into a game, but they're bringing him back. So, um, and then the other two were qualifying offers because qualifying offers went out. Um, six of them. Four were rejected. That would be Trevor Bauer, George Springer, JT Riomuto, and trying to remember the other one who was offered. DJ. DJ LeMahieu. Two of them accepted. Kevin Gossman and Marcus Stroman. Stroman going back to the Mets. Kevin Gossman going back to the Giants. And we're, we're going to talk about Stroman in a little bit because I know y'all still want to hear about him because seems to be the way it is. Say, Marcus Stroman, you're going to get some some action from the Blue Jays fan base, whether it be good or bad. So people were trying to figure out what the other deal they would have been. And uh, Arden Zwelling, also a Sportsnet, wondered if the Blue Jays had been in touch with Gossman before he accepted the qualifying offer, which... I mean, if I was Kevin Gossman, I'd be taking $19 million instead of probably what the Blue Jays were offering. I I have to imagine something in the $12 million range. But at the same time, no one's signing immediately. I don't think Ross Atkins would have been would have said we were this close on a deal without having something actually in the pipe that he could say that. Ross Atkins does not strike me as someone who's just going to put stuff out there for the sake of giving the media content. So, I don't think it was Gossman. And I'm looking back to the Blue Jays re-signing Robbie Ray. Because if they were actually interested in bringing back Robbie Ray, then you know... That means they were interested in bringing back other members of their team. And I'm sorry, Matt Shoemaker, it doesn't look like it's you. But there appeared to have been mutual interest in Taiwan Walker. And I'm not sure how much contact teams are allowed to have with agents prior to the um, official opening of the free agency period. But I would not be surprised if they were talking to Walker. So, like I said, I know um, Ken Rosenthal reported um, that Gosman was receiving multi-year offers, plural, and weighing those against the qualifying offer. But, again, in these times... Yeah, take as much money as you can get immediately. 
And Gossman is a guy who has enough of a track record. He can kind of bet on himself. He pitched very well this season. 12 games, he had a 362 ERA and a 1.10 whip. So if he wants to bet on himself, maybe hoping that, you know, things look a little better next season. Maybe, you know, wants to get some fans in the stands and owners aren't clutching at the purse strings. Maybe he can get a better deal. I totally get that. I totally understand why he would reject that. But I'm not sure the Blue Jays would have been throwing that kind of money at him. I don't think if they're trying to get these guys at 13 to $15 million for multiple years, like Gossman is an attractive target. He's going to be 30 at the start of spring training next year. But again, you kind of have someone in-house who would be available probably cheaper than what Gossman had. Because while Gossman, you know, he had this bounce-back season with San Francisco, he showed very well in the past. He had that 2018 uh, season with Atlanta after he was acquired from Baltimore, where he had a 287 ERA in 10 starts. And didn't get much more than that out of Atlanta. Signed a um he was in for a one year deal at nine point three five million and didn't even finish the season. He got waived and sent to Cincinnati. So Again, while while trying to lock down a multiple-year contract would be tempting for a guy who has seen how quickly you can turn for him. Again, he went from being the hero in Atlanta to being waved and banished to the bullpen by Cincinnati. But it makes sense for him to get the assured money up front, the $18.9 million that he's that he gets from San Francisco. So I don't know how close the Blue Jays actually would have been to getting Gossman. I do think they're closer to getting Walker. And maybe they just need need a little bit more time to iron it out. Maybe Walker wants to test the open market. Now that Stroman and Gossman have accepted their qualifying deals, maybe he wants to see if his value's up there. I mean, as we pointed out on this podcast, Walker had a very good season last year. I mean, even if he didn't get to pitch in the playoffs, which still doesn't make a lot of sense. He still delivered a 137 ERA for the Blue Jays in six games. Tell me that's not interesting. Tell me that's not worth $13 million. If he can pitch in Buffalo against AL East foes, that's already proven that he can do it. Why not go after him? Why try and lure Kevin Gossman? That that's that's all I'm wondering. It just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense for me seeing that. And like again, you you take out that Derek Fisher laden start against New York on September fifteenth. He only allowed three runs. He only allowed four earned runs total, because rightfully all those other runs were charged to Derek Fisher. 
he should have been. Obviously, his ERA didn't go up. But Walker strikes me as someone who you know you're going to get. Know you're going to get value from. Know what he can do for your organization and how he fits in your organization. And it looks like he fits well. So I don't know why Walker's not the target. I I understand Arden's reasoning, but it just makes more sense for me to go after... The, if the Blue Jays are showing this proclivity for bringing guys back in, like they did with Robbie Ray. They, they got under Robbie Ray. He's making less this year, and rightfully so. When you lead the National League and walks for the first two months, you don't get a good contract. But... If that's the line of thinking that the Bleaches are going down, I would not be surprised if they are trying, like heck, to get Walker, a guy who, yes, he had his injury woes in 2018 and 19, but, again, had a 137 ERA and six starts for the Blue Jays. And is just 28. He turned 28 in August, two years younger than Gossman. I don't understand why you wouldn't think they try and lock that up. And I can understand them being close and then, you know, hopefully circling back. But that's, that's where I think the Blue Jays should be at. Get the double zeros back. That's what I think. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so I'm going to get more into this um, in in a later one. But I want to circle back on Taiwan Walker because, again, I want Taiwan Walker back in Toronto. So I have to talk about this thing that I saw. Um, this is through the score. And it said that there was a team showing interest in Taiwan Walker. And it's the Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers. A team that had its starters ranked 29th in war. Only team where Simon was Boston. And Boston was throwing guys named Chris Mazza and Matt Hall. And Zach Godley. Another former Tiger. Godley was not good enough for Detroit. They said go to Boston. So it makes sense that the Tigers would like to improve on that, especially now that they get out from Jordan Zimmerman's contract. But why would Taiwan Walker want to go to Detroit? Do you, do you feel Toronto is in a better spot to contend than Detroit? Do you feel Detroit's even close? I know I don't. I mean, I I think, sadly, Detroit had their best winning percentage in a few years this past season. And they, they, they still finished dead last in the Central. They were 23 and 35. Didn't even get to 60 games. Like, so what about them screams ready for prime time? I, I don't see it. I mean, they sent Casey Mize out there to get demolished. They sent Tarek Skubal out there to get demolished. Michael Fulmer made 10 starts with an 878 ERA. Their closer, Ho Jimenez, 
Ho Jimenez. Joe Jimenez. 7.15 ERA. The team was garbage. Up and down. Spencer Turnbull had a good year. That's it. So what about Detroit would appeal to Taiwan Walker? A guy who, you know, likes to win. Wanted to be traded to a winning team. Wanted to go at the deadline to someone, you know, who had hope. I I honestly don't see it in Detroit. So, I mean, yeah, they can have interest in Taiwan Walker. I can have interest in Kristen Stewart. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Not in the slightest. So, I wouldn't worry too much about that report. I don't put a lot of stock into it. And, you know, we'll see how everything shakes out over the winter. It's going to be the main thing keeping us warm, right? Watching all these signings. And if you want to hear my thoughts on them as they come in, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, whether it be on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can also find our links at the Locked on Jays feed on Twitter. You can find Locked on Jays on Facebook. It's not as active as the Twitter for reasons. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. And some of the people who use it are incredibly dumb. But there are some of you who balance that out and make it worthwhile. So that's why I stay on Twitter. So that'll do it for this episode. I, I don't think I have a third one in me. So we'll probably try this again tomorrow. Hopefully my voice is better. That'd be nice. But... We shall see. I don't know. We shall see. I'll have the have the studio to myself, so hopefully that'll help. Anyway, until we speak again, which again probably will be tomorrow. For everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at JaysRunACouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.